This morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Ninety-eight. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Thursday. It is 545. That's right. It's time to get up. This is the morning sickness. My name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett. Talk about him in a second. There's Dick Toledo. Got aerobics and, uh, out here. We're ready to go. You got aerobics happening? Yeah, our our promo staff's doing yoga out here. Look at this. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to see them doing much anything, especially <laughs> bending over and stretching. I got to hang out with them for a couple yeah, hours. Well, you're going to need them to be in good shape <laughs> I'm today. I'm telling you. It's not good uh, with the heat and everything else. By the way, we also, I, where are you going? Do you know this morning? Yeah, right? Carefree and I-17. <laughs> the one week, yeah, Brady, when you were gone for your father's uh, stuff, uh, Brett stayed here. Yeah. And we had uh, Drew go out in the van. Mm-hmm. And it was on Baseline and Dobson, which is like, you could hit Brett's of house. all the right. draws. Yeah. The only one he stayed in the studio for, he could have just been a minute from his house. Carefree and what? I-17 and Carefree. Right. Yeah. At least it's, it's nice freeway. It is, nice. it is actually a nice area. That's pretty good. So you're going to yeah. enjoy that. It's a long drive. See you tomorrow. Have somebody else drive you. Which foot is it? My left. Right. Brett woke up with we And Brady and I have diagnosed. And Brady said gout. It's a good guess. Uh, we're, I was rooting for the scorpion sting That's or something That's what I like was that. hoping for. I don't know. I think you've got gout. Brett's oh. got. We think Brett's got gout. His foot out of nowhere. His toe. Just your toe, though. Yeah, just like where the knuckle is in the big yeah. toe. And just... evidently, your big toe is the one that will start in a joint there. Most of the time, it starts in your ankle. Makes your foot hurt really bad. But it said on, on occasion, it'll start in a joint in your toe. And you were drinking like a fish last week. Oh, yeah. 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 With the with the trip and everything else. Oh, yeah. I had a buddy, Craig, who uh, went to Vegas and just every every afternoon, steak. Every night, steak. Drinking like crazy, and he's a whiskey and wine guy. So bottles of Ooh. wine going in, drinking whiskey while he's playing. Came back the following Monday, and he said, "I." He went to the doctor and told told the doctor, he "Goes, I was in Vegas this weekend, and I broke both of my feet." <laughs> His feet looked like he had a picture of one of them. It looked like somebody just inserted a, a hose and filled it with water and then painted it purple. The guy broke both my feet. I don't know what I did, but I, we were really drunk. And the doctor looked at him and he goes, "What were you drinking?" Told him, like, tons of red wine. You know, we were drinking. And he goes, you have gout. And I mean, one of the worst cases I've ever seen. Couldn't walk for, like, two weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, his feet were giant sacks of yuck. Oh. My mom had it. She took a step down uh, into the uh, drop-down living room we had and screamed, Oh, Dan! I'm like, what? <laughs> Immediately, my dad, it was my dad's job to help. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Dr. Holmberg. Oh, Dan! And I'm sitting there like, what happened? I broke my foot! Of course, my dad being the least caring individual about injuries ever. God damn it. How'd you do that just walking? <laughs> and then his great quote after, you're not going through the change, are you? Because that, that scared my <laughs> dad. Concern. From uh, My dad from the age of about 30, because I was about five when I first learned of the change. My dad warned me about the change. Uh, uh, I was five. I remember the kindergarten. Hey, you got to watch it because a woman goes through something called the change. And I'm like, what? 
one day out of nowhere, they just go crazy. And that was my introduction to menopause at five when my dad was 30 and already eyeballing my mom like, we're getting close. <laughs> Everything that happened to her was the change. You're not going through the change. And he just assumed you'd take a step and your foot would shatter if, you know, you're menopausal because your bones get weak. My, my dad was uh, born later. My, he was, his mother was in her early 40s. He was a mistake. My grandpa was like 50-something. I think my grandma was like 43. And so he was a child when grandma went through the thing. And the change included her playing practical jokes on him. I told you the one where she locked all the doors in the house and opened windows and poured ketchup all over the kitchen floor and laid in it when he came home from school. Oh, my God. That's a good change. Look, it is until what happened happened. My dad, being kind of a a rough-and-tumble farm kid, saw dead mom on the floor in the farm. Panics, kicks the door in, goes to save her, and she's just in hysterics. Ah, Wait till your father gets home. He's going to be furious about that door. And he was. My grandpa was no nonsense. My grandpa comes home with his one good arm because of polio when he was a kid. Sees that the door got kicked in. Asks what happened. My dad says, Ma, I thought mom was dead. She was laying on the floor with ketchup. And grandma goes, that's ridiculous. Ooh. And watched my dad get rolled up in a rug and beat with a stick. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you can understand where Dan came from. Like, the change is a horrible thing place. Yeah, I don't think that's, oh, that's a combo. Horrible abuse. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Alvar was, uh, he killed his father. I mean, my da- my grandpa didn't know. Like, there was no joke with him. Why is there no Netflix special on the, on the Holmberg life? farm? Yeah. Oh, I told you our Christmas video one year. Uh, we, we had a horse named Manata. And then my grandpa said she had her, she had her, uh, Colt or whatever it was. I don't remember what kind it was. If it was a girl or a boy. And he, I'll send you video. And he didn't want to break the news to us that it was dead dead on arrival. He 8mm filmed the entire thing on one of those old cameras. The birth. the And we're 8. I'm 8. My sister's 12. This was our horse. Having another horse. A little pony. We thought we were going to have a nice little fun thing to play with next time we went up. My grandpa kicks the horse. In the letter, it says we're naming her Midnight Star or something like that. Call her Star. Okay. That's beautiful. We couldn't wait. A little comes plopping out. It's a little bit gross to kids. Like, ew. <laughs> My grandpa goes over and kicks it a couple times. Uh, Manata goes over and licks the, the colt and, like, looks around like, what's going on? It was dead. And my grandpa filmed it the whole time and then shuts it off. Didn't say anything about it being dead. That was how he told us our... our so he told a couple of kids that their Jesus. Christmas pony was dead. <laughs> Your uh, colt's dead. Oh. Here's a Christmas. It, Merry, Christ- Merry Christmas. Here's a video of your of the uh, process. And that was it. Dead. So that's that was what my dad grew up with. So it, it's natural that he had irrational fears of the change and things like that. So maybe that's what my dad would probably ask you that. You going to the change, Brett? <laughs> I've heard a lot of Italian guys deal with the change. Scared him to death. You were a step away from Dahmer. I kept going that direction. Oh, yeah, my dad, I could see, well, you know, he had a few moments where he made him, the, the barn cat thing is one of my favorite Holmberg's uh, farm of horror stories. Is My dad was like nine. They had barn cats, and my grandpa said, get rid of those barn cats. Can't have barn cats, Leonard. You got, you got five now, you'll have 20 in a few weeks, and you have 500 before you know it. You're a big, messy cat factory. You want to keep one around. Keep away the barn mice. Yeah, the rodents. But one turned into five and then turned into seven, and there was a, a gaggle of new kittens. 
And my grandpa says, bag those up, get rid of those kittens. So my dad, being a kid, gets the kittens in a bag and takes them down to the pond that was a couple acres down on the property. Starts playing with them. That's what you do. You're a kid. There's kittens. They're yeah. fun. The kittens are playing back. And he's playing. And he sees old one-armed Alvar start walking towards him in the pond. He goes, oh, I haven't gotten rid of these cats, and I haven't been working for like 40 minutes. This is trouble. Puts them back in the sack and tosses them in the pond. Well, he didn't put any weight in there. So the cats are inside the bag trying to swim out of the bag. And you can see their little hands like Jacob's ladder. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and my dad takes a stick and beats him to death before his dad. I thought he lobbed rocks. Oh, my At God. First he did that. He wasn't, he wasn't seeing any success. Trying so to get the bag down with the And rock. just started smashing them in the bag. Oh, the Holmberg farmhouse. Because that's how the fear of Alvar. Yeah, the fear of Alvar. Because he'd roll him up in a carpet and beat him to death. So. It wasn't a. I mean, my dad's a normal dude. What do you call I know, those? I know, uh, I know, imprinting make, memories. Sounds like it. Oh, the core memories. Core he's, memories. Yeah, he's, got, he's got a lot of core <laughs> memories. But his his diagnosis of your gout is that you're probably going through the change, and it's time that he doesn't see you anymore. Does he? Uh, oh, the change. Does that he was, lock up sometimes or hide in the corner if he goes to like a carpet store? And there's rules. Uh, you know what? I've never been. Oh! I've never been to a carpet store with him, and there may be reasons why. Most of the jobs he did in uh, construction, the tile, tile was a okay, big deal for yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, we're not doing. We're not specking out carpet. Made great friends with a guy who had a tile company named Morris. Morris used to come. Morris was one of the only guys that could do a pop in. My dad would actually answer the door. Morris is here. He loved the tile guy because there's no threat of uh, you know rolling up in a carpet. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy. It was crazy. They were old European. My my grandpa was a, as old Euro as you, and Sweden wasn't a fun, happy place when my grandpa was a kid and his parents. Plus, you're working in the farm. Oh. That work's got to be done. Yep. Not only that, you go to the pipe fitting place all day long, come home, work the farm, and you work the farm. Yeah, it was a nightmare. But when grandma started going through that change, oof, forget about it. So, that was the gout. That was my, my and that's me, that's my core memory of gout. So, oh, when I look at you, I'm like, hey, you're going through menopause, Brett. <laughs> It's weird when you're five years old and your dad starts telling you your mom someday is going to go bananas. Just keep your eyes open. Let me know if you see anything strange. Like, I was his lookout. I was the rooster. If you see anything like isn't normal Marcy type behavior, you just let your old man know. All I had right. a buddy tell me a couple of weeks ago, he's just wrapping up his divorce. It's taken about a year. And he's like, yeah. let me tell you something. The change. If you, 90% of marriages will survive yeah. if you can survive the change. Oh, you're not getting divorced after the change unless she does it. Because the dude's like, I can. If you can, if you can live through the change, it's the Vietnam. You got a chance of making. I have a buddy of mine right now. It's like it's like eight years. Like it's an eight year process. I can't take it anymore. It's eight years. Well, his it can is. Be. I think she's milking it. To be honest, because who knows? Yeah. But you, you hear it's funny how long that has been out there. <laughs> yeah, the change throughout the history of Mad. <laughs> I find it hysterical. Because I'm like, all right, you, it, it, bitch starts acting oh, crazy, see. bitch goes away. That's how it is. You know, if, you, if you think that you've got an excuse to go bananas, and I understand it's real. There's no question it's a real thing. But if you can't control how you act around me to where you're like, all right, I am going through this. But, you know, if you start doing the thing my grandma did and putting ketchup on your neck and acting like your head got half sliced off and I come to save you and it's a big laugh and then you're mad about the door. I'm definitely going to pull a little, uh, you know, the last few minutes of The Incredible Hulk. You're going to see me walking down the road with a dun, 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 dun. I'm on to the next city. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I I'm, I feel horrible for ladies because they have to go through that kind of stuff. Oh, but, it's brutal. But you know who I don't feel sorry for? Guys, we don't have to go through it, and you shouldn't have to put yourself through it. 
You say that. Yeah. Oh no. It gets it's it's real, but it's got to be you know. Yeah, so there's ways you, you got to hydroplane above some of the stuff and, and, uh, right. and know that, oh, that's the change. Right. But if the change starts becoming like an excuse to be horrible, yeah. eh, then it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad taught me that. Run from it, boy. Run. Holmberg's morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. 98. Holmberg's morning sickness. There's plenty of ones who've been through it or won't go through it for a few years in between. Oh, that change. And he wouldn't, call, he wouldn't say the word menopause. Always the change. Sounds more dramatic. Turns out my mom just had uh, a little too much red meat in her diet. Had nothing to do with menopause or anything. She was maybe like 40 when this was going. He was immediately convinced. All right. That's it. Katie by the door. The change has begun. It starts <laughs> in the tunnel. Let me tell you something, Alert the media. <laughs> A broad's foot just doesn't shatter from one step. That's the change. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're a doctor enough to know. And we've already diagnosed Brett with it. So with oh. menopause, not even gout. Oh, lie down. Right. Let me roll you up. But we need a doctor out there at Carefree and I-17 this morning. Albertsons or Safeway, do you know? I don't. It's one of the two, whichever one's out there, uh, because Brett's going to go out. And uh, we need a real doctor in there. A veterinarian right. will do, like a medical professional. Yeah, like right. a, we have plenty of vets. In the, I know one guy who was. We gonna, got enough pharmacists out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. why well, don't I, I mean, get a vet? Because and sometimes those pet meds that look, are, for, are a lot cheaper. They're than, the same medicine yeah. too. I take uh, dog prednisone. It's the same day. Okay, day. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It works. It takes away allergies. It's an amazing thing. And if you've got some in your cabinet for your dogs, but yeah, the uh, yeah we need a, a like and, and I trust veterans, veterinarians, and veterans. I trust you, veterans. Not all of you. Some of you are wacko. But uh, you'll have some gout people come by. I got gout. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get stories of people who had it and then they're horses. You got it. And then some lady's going to come out. My guess is about 51. I had gout. Just remember Dan. She went through the chain. (laughs) (laughs) But the. uh, uh, And it could be a bug bite. It could be. But I want a veterinarian because they like uh, Alonzo Bowden's got the greatest line about veterinarians ever, which is they're so much better than human doctors because you bring them anything. Like a, like a knee doctor just sees you and goes, I can't do anything about your ankles. I don't know. But you bring a vet, a parakeet, a cat, a hamster, a dog, any breed of dog. Any, and he's like, well, let's see what I can do. That's a good point. A doctor has like specialties. He pushes you off on another doctor who does that specialty. You know, I've I got two, two new shoulders, two new hips. And I was lucky enough to have the same doctor for the shoulders and the same doctor for the hips. Two different guys, but... One would never, I could never, if I liked one more than the other, I could never go to Dr. Aragi and go, okay, can you do my hip too? And he goes, oh, no, no, I don't do those. Like, he's a human doctor. He only does, like, one little square of your body. Vets, they show up. They'll look at that and go, that's gout. They had to study anatomy. They had to study, like, how it all works. So they know. So we need a veterinarian to go take a look at our our boy Brett because we think he's got gout. Comes limping in this morning. As far as a bug bite, let's see. Um... Brown recluse. No, you'd know that because that, that starts rotten from the center. Not right off the bat. Oof, but I, heard, you have I was a wondering if it starts it. off with real severe pain and then the necrotizing, whatever the. Necrotizing. 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 <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, I'd like to solve the puzzle. <laughs> necrotizing. Necrotizing. <laughs> and you know why he does that? Because like he, he thinks that it means it blackens. That's why he said that. Well, because it turns black, it negrotizes. It's just Spanish for black. <laughs> it has that necrotic 
venom in it. Necrotic. That's better. That's right. Necrotizing. Does it have a center on it? Do you notice a little? I, I was like three in the morning when so I so it just out, started hurting so. in bed. You no, got I, out. it was like last. It was yesterday afternoon. You started probably to late in the afternoon. I'm like, what the hell's going? And on? It was a little there? bit. Yeah, and, and then, then a little more. Got more. Okay, then, you got yeah. out. That's good. At least it's not the change. You got to get. Well, no, it is the change. <laughs> like, ask Dan. Doctor Dan Holmberg will tell you. Hey, it looks like your boy Brett's a. Uh, Time to time to jettison him because this change is going to be no good. He's right at that age too, pushing fifty. Oh man, was that guy afraid of that thing? And I don't know what happened. Like, I think he just aged through it. But he, yeah, he did not survive the change. He, it scared him to death. And I've seen guys go through it now, and it's most of them are single. I'll say that most of them did walk away because it just you know. One of the greatest lines I've ever heard. I'm like, I don't know what happened to my wife. She used to be a maniac in bed. Then this menopause came along, and now she's just hot and cold and hot and cold and mean all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah? And he goes, and she can't, you know what? You know, just to be around me, it seems like she hates me. You, you got to lube her mouth just to eat a meal with me. <laughs> like, what? You dry her out that bad? Oh, yeah, she, she hates me. They're divorced. And, you know, she seemed, maybe it's just a truth serum. Maybe like that whole menopause thing is like their excuse to go, I, I'm just tired of you and I need you to get out. And so they just treat you like they're mean as sin. Because, you know, I've never seen anybody in public just lo- like going through menopause, lose their mind at a group of people. They can control it. I know. You know? Yep. It, it, you can have that moment where like, oh, I feel like garbage, oh, but I can't I do this publicly. A, I think you're right. There's a combination. Yeah. I know you're going through a lot, and it's hot, and it's cold, and you're uncomfortable, and whatever. But when, but you can temper it when you're in a crowd, when you're at a dinner party or something, or at work. You don't just lose your mind at everybody at work, and everybody accepts. Oh, we've worked with a bunch. All the broads downstairs are. We probably watched most of them go through it in our 22 years. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> and when it happened, I didn't notice at work anybody getting especially evil and everybody going, well, that's just part of it. Well, you got to deal with Jill. She's losing her mind because it's the change. No, she knows how to, but I bet you her husband Andy dealt with it. If she's, I don't know if she's through it or not, but. It's, uh, you know, sometimes the case where the, the closest ones to you get, get yeah, the front of Yeah, they get debating, it. right. It's the same thing with periods. At home. The closest ones get yeah, beaten. The, 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 yeah, the closest ones and only a beating because I'm not going in there. That thing's full of blood. Just beat it. Forget it. I think that you know, they pick up the, on the vibe, too, of the, uh, you know, being a man. You're like, oh, get over it, buttercup. You know, yeah. like you can deal with this. Yeah. We deal with it. And, and we <laughs> well, don't understand that. No. When we think we can. But when you know, I see somebody. Where coming from, but they feel that vibe. Right. It just makes well, them more I, upset. It, like, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you're acting like a dick to me. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then, but to everybody else in the building, you can turn it on. Well, then you can do that for me. Yeah. If, if I haven't done anything wrong, now, if I've done something wrong, that's different. But if you're just being a dick to me because I'm the one that takes the punch, no. And I remember I was, one of my friends brought his wife to one of the Steeler games. And I knew, and she'd been open to me about like, oh, this, the, because it was like 90 degrees outside. And she's like sitting inside and going to act like I get so hot, like it's 200 degrees. I have to have a coat if I'm inside because it feels like it's four degrees. And, she, and she's laughing. And then he turns to me and goes, she laughs now, but when we go home, everything's going to be my f- fault. And she goes, nice, real nice. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, it's starting now. <laughs> it started right from super nice to me. Like everything was ah, just an explanation to him. Uh-uh. She ain't dealing with his ass. 
That's, How long does it last? Well, that's How according to Dr. my dad. Dan say? It, 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 never ends. It, it lasts as long as you stay. That's what he said. <laughs> my dad was like, once you notice the signs, it's time to run from it. Like I said, that reverberates. So, but he's like, if he can get through it. Yeah. You got a ninety percent chance of surviving. It's, it, it feels like it feels like the it feels like the I'm like oh geez, it's like the pop machine guy. Yeah, when you talk when you talk to an older guy about it, it's almost like the lights dim. There's candles. You can hear the Viet Cong in the background, and it's he's the expert who's in his third tour of Nam, and you're the you know you're the noob that just rolled in off the off the plane, and he's telling you how things are going to go here in the jungle. You have to realize you're about to walk into a world of sh- There's nothing you can do about. It. Let me tell you how to handle it. Run. Run. <laughs> but my dad will tell you all about it. His eyes will roll. And it's mostly his mom. My mom didn't have like a, a two loony. I think Fox News was more damaging to my mom's behavior then. Yeah. And I think my mom, my parents, you know, my dad had a good way of dealing with, I figure. Ignore her. Golfing. Yeah. Or uh, I'm Get doing out. this. Get out I'm of doing house. that. I don't remember my mom going through but she was a crazy guinea anyway. So I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, it could have happened and it would just been a day in the life for me. <laughs> well, yeah. they, and they did ebb and flow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of oh, yeah. course, they yeah. got together yeah. and. Yeah, that's probably true. You're, yeah, your parents. That could have been during the change. That could have yeah. been. Well, there was a lot of out. changing going on while Brett was growing up. There was divorces, remarriages, divorces, <laughs> yeah, remarriages. I mean, that whole place oh, was just a. Oh, it was a roller coaster. It's the most stable, unstable situation I've ever seen or heard of. I didn't see it. But anyway, so good luck to all of you. And so you're going to get some drugs from a veterinarian today out at the... I'd probably restaurant. get some drugs from other people out there, too, on DUI bikes and everything else. <laughs> yeah, you are great. Well, no, that's actually... How are you doing? You're going to an okay spot. I know the I-17 <laughs> scares I-17. There will not be any DUI bikes But the I-17 area. goes all the way to Flagstaff. <laughs> so there's lots of... Nice spot. Twinkies and flag. If it's the center, I think you're going to. It's nice. It is. But he's he's scared of the I-17. And rightfully so. I'm not scared of it. I hate it. (laughs) Give me a place. All right. You're still a man. You're not afraid of it. You just avoid it. Damn right. But yeah, I... I understand because I watch the news, That's and every the time they say there's a fire, a shooting, uh, somebody on the loose, yeah. they're, they're always on the I-17. That's the one. Dunlap and 27th Avenue. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, right next to the I-17. Yeah. Yeah. Smile, be nice. There's a lot of ladies going through changes yeah, right now. Yeah, that's right. And they tend to and all be in be that up area. There too. Yeah, all of them. You're probably here from a couple of, I heard you guys talking about the change. I got gout too. A woman's feet just fall off, boy. Run. <laughs> it's God's way of protecting you from running from them. Limping around behind you like Jack Nicholson from The Shining. That's <laughs> what I'm walking around yeah, like right now. It's going to be a thing. Yeah, speaking of that, I was, you know, medicine and stuff. I watched the news last night, and they're encouraging everyone to go get nalox or n- n- what's it called? Uh, naloxone, which is just Narcan. Naloxone, okay. The the stuff that uh, stops heroin overdose. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they're like, if you don't have this in your, you, you know, and the and the story was kind of weird because they're they're like, you know, you got medicine for uh, allergies and you got medicine, so, you know, you you stay prepared for all that. Why not have this in your house just in case? And I'm like, because I'm not on heroin. And yeah, nobody, I don't do it. Nobody in my house is on heroin, and if they are, I'm just dragging them outside. I mean, and sorry, don't have that. Right? No, I didn't keep Narcan on hand so you could go bananas. <laughs> And feel cozy. It's like, it's all right. guess who keeps coming over to yeah. your place? Yeah. Homer's got Narcan. We can go as far as we want. <laughs> I'm not keeping Narcan around. That's a, that's a gateway to yeah. you trying it. 
You're helping. I might put up signs that said no Narcan available inside That's my home. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, if you're off the I-17, then it's a good idea. You should oh, have it in your house. They I should agree. Have, Narcan I have it next to the- stands like fireworks. <laughs> I got two of them, the safety spot and then no yeah. Narcan. In fact, if you start Narcan needs in my home, I'm driving you to the I-17 where they have the you know solution. I'll call the police. I'm like, There's somebody overdosed in my house. And by the way... He's the only one, and he's never allowed back in. If you're, if I'm heroin adjacent to where I feel like I need Narcan, I'm too close to heroin. If this news story on Channel Three last night made you think, you know what, we do need Narcan. We have an awful lot of heroines. You got to change your life. You're, you're either too close to Narcan, your kids are too close to Narcan, or you're just letting the opioids float around the house. I just went through it with my surgery, where they gave me the red cap pills. The opioids that I had to take, well, I was supposed to take. I didn't oh, take give me I some can't of those right now. Dan, oh, I gave them away already. Damn it. Some kid needed them down the street. I'm like, here you go. This is for you. <laughs> right off the 17. He had gout. Homebirds morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. 98. Homebirds morning sickness. So I, uh, yeah, so I know I'm, I'm, yeah, you get rid of that stuff. You grind it up, you throw it out, you flush it. Now, you'll flush it, you'll kill No, I do whatever I can to not have it in my house. So I'm not a target for that. I'm not keeping Narcan around just because somebody else has a heroin problem. I don't hang out with people on heroin. It's not as big a problem as the news is making out in that it's not everyone. There's a lot of people on heroin. But you can avoid it. I've been doing a 51-year job of avoiding heroin. Whenever I've seen it come close to me, those people are immediately jettisoned from my life. If I find out you're on heroin, but you're currently asking me for help, that's different. But I've never been to like an opium den or done the Chinaman's nightcap or anything like that. I'm not playing with it. It's not something I keep near me. And I know it can, I know it can grab you. We've t- I've talked to people who are like, look, I did pain pills and it got me and I was stuck. Yeah, that's a different situation. But I don't keep that around me. I don't have it. If I start hanging out with Keith Richards or something, maybe right. I'll keep it at the house. I but don't, uh, and, and I don't so, see that happening. If somebody around me starts, if I can kind of spot somebody who's currently, I've seen train spotting. I know what to look for. You're asleep and the carpet starts to sink into the earth and there's a baby on the ceiling. That's when I kick you out of the house. No Narcan. Narcan is a, uh, that makes that makes everything okay. Oh, don't worry about it. Shoot up right here in my living room. I've got Narcan. Channel 3 telling you. Yeah, go get some of that naloxone and have it handy just in case somebody in your house slips into a heroin cult. Are you getting paid for that? Had to. That's the, That was my first thought, too. This is an advertisement. Oh, don't say that. Not, downstairs are going to be uh, all calling the Narcan manufacturers. Well, so. <laughs> Hi, this is Dave Haar. And, hey, uh, do you have some on your house that's in a pickle pickle pickle? <laughs> <laughs> if that dude starts <laughs> shooting out for Narcan. Scott Lehman here for Narcan. <laughs> Well, you do. No, have, I'd listen to those. I'd be like, "This guy's figured something out." You here. do have those people that want to save lives. You of know, course. that was just like, "Oh yeah, I want to be that guy." Of course. Then you are voluntarily adjacent to heroin, and if you're willing to be that person, have Narcan in the house. I'm not, and don't get mad at me for saying I don't want it in my house. Don't call me or email me. Your heroin's a big problem. Not at my house. It's not. So I'm not keeping Narcan in there just in case I have a friend who decides to show up and go into a. a overdose situation it's not happening i'm 51 in two weeks i'll be 51 years old i've never once had an od in my home the news would make it seem like it's happening every day in everyone's house it isn't here's a great idea they should um if you have the narcan you uh, chip it so if you you know google like on uh 
Google Maps or something. Yeah. Narcan closest to me. Yeah, like walking home from school and you see a little E in the window. Yeah. Like, these are the people in case someone's trying to rape me. I knock on their door. I never trusted those people that had the. It was always the single older man had that strange letter in his. That was a safe house for you walking home from the bus. Do they still oh, have that? They had the big red I don't think e so. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, e and then ours uh, kind of was that hunter orange. Ours was bright red. Yep. Had a big e. huge E on it, like a like a emergency. Yeah. It was like a poster board. And you'd put it in your front window. And as a kid, you're like, there's the house you go to if something goes wrong. But you don't realize that what something goes wrong means. How easy can you flip that? Well, beyond yeah. Well, how how easy put, can you, you just put one of them up there? Make one yourself. Come on in and play pretend, and you're the rapist. I never trust the e houses because I'm like, well, first off, who wants that invited to their home? Some kid getting chased down by a an abductor. Adductor is a muscle. Abductor is a bad guy. And yeah, you know, you go and knock on that door, and you find out it's like, uh, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The people who you think are saving you is the house where the guy lives. That stuff ain't cheap either. Ninety bucks for a bucket of Narcan, a little nasal spray, and that's yeah. what they were telling you to go get. That's like the size of a Floney's bottle. How about this for a solution instead? Because I think San Francisco tried this, where like, let's give them Narcan and needles and make it so the heroin isn't the. You fight the heroin, you don't fight the after effects. One hundred sixty-nine bucks. Nah, you're gonna die. You come to my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm spend ninety dollars yeah. just in case meds that only last ninety days. Screw you. Have your own. Hey. If you're on heroin and you're on opioids, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry your life went that direction. I don't know. You keep Narcan in B-Y-O-N. your pocket. Bring your yeah. own Narcan. Bring your own Narcan. <laughs> don't rely on me. If you can get a, a script for it right now on GoodRx, you get it Safeway for $20. That's oh, pretty good. Well, that's still too much. Screw that. Screw that. I'm not keeping that naloxone in my house. It'll be available over the counter starting in a couple of weeks. So now it's gotten so bad with the other stuff that... I'm just not going to have it on me because then I'm inviting then. And then I've got a responsibility that I don't want. That's a job. Like if I'm walking around the road and I got Narcan in my pocket because I'm a just in case guy and I happen to see somebody laying down, I'm like, ah, nuts. Well, I do have Narcan. I better help out. I usually step over those people. When I was, uh, I used to, I, did we ever go on the bike on the trail, uh, on the canals? We never, you know, I, I never took it. No, I never went to the, the canal that I live by. It's beautiful, and it goes forever. You can almost go all the way. I can go to uh, the furthest I've gone is 63rd Avenue from my house on the canal. It takes no time at all. But you got to dip down under all the avenue roads. So they don't get you. There know, you go. Yeah. I mean. And I was coming back one time, and I was on like 43rd Avenue, and I dipped under into the thing that goes under 43rd Avenue. I think it was 43rd, 43rd Ave Tunnel. Yeah, it's like a little tunnel on the canal. And I went under there, and when I went through, it was empty. When I was going back, there's two dudes laying in there, and they were needles, and I'm like, ah, oh, great. And they were just laying in the middle of the thing. So I could have bunny hopped them, but I didn't. And I pulled them like, hey, guys, move. Didn't budge. One of them's eyes barely worked, looked at me like I was, you know, a floating unicorn. I'm like, oh, God, they're gacked up on the H. So I kicked their feet. Move. Just pull your Narcan out of your holster. Because I'm trying to walk the bike. And I'm like, am I being set up here? Is this a yeah. trap? Like, they're slowing me down. So and I'm going to keep my eye behind me. I got Again, I got my phone, which is super expensive. The bike ain't cheap. You know, I've got a lot of stuff that they would want a wallet in my back pocket. If they only knew. Oh, well, they didn't care. I they were, and so when I kind of realized, oh, this is just a gacked up Narcan situation. I don't have any Narcan. I'm just, and I just rode away. That's, that's a life choice to lay in an alley and do that. Used to have some uh, questionable stuff even on the 22nd 
street up there. There's that little underpass. Oh, at 22nd uh, at Street is where the heroin people I remember, you know, walking was. the dog around there. You'd go through that little tunnel, which is really nice. The little one, yeah. The Myrtle Tunnel, which I call Murder Tunnel, has a giant... You and I have been by that. Oh, yeah. We never, you were never there when it was. The, they were sunning themselves like lizards. No, huh? That used to be a problem. So there was a big, uh, like a... God, that thing had to be a 30-degree cement wall. Yeah. And that you could lay on it. And there were like eight or nine of them scattered around. It was on the, on nice days. They just sleep in the sun. Like turtles. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, they're sunning themselves. That's, <laughs> and you just scream through there. I wasn't going around, anybody there and I can? I'm not, I'm not that guy. And you can call me, you know, unsympathetic or whatever else. But look, I've made it, I've made it this far without trying heroin. And that's with this face. If anybody is a, is a candidate for escaping this life, it's this guy. And I've never, ever done the Narcan. So you don't have to either. So the bigger problem is the heroin. Don't put it on me to have Narcan in the house. And because and, and, that scares me into thinking like if somebody does OD in my house, and I'm like, well, what happened here? And then the police are, you don't have Narcan in the house. Like suddenly some, I've done something wrong. I'm like, no, 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 let's focus on That's the why dude. I called you, pal. Yeah, let's focus on the dude who shot up here. I don't know. I think about it. If laser ODs. Oh, you get your Halloween back. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if I didn't, yeah, he'd let him go. Brady would be that would be Brady's. That's Brady's. Uh, mm-hmm. Sophie's choice. That would be <laughs> if he's laying in the front yard all decked. What, out. bro? Oh no! It's like lasers, and I'm the only one that could save him. <laughs> Ooh. he's not gonna need these jack o' lanterns. I'll yeah. take these for yeah. my display. And uh, I did everything I could. I swear, <laughs> Mrs. Laser. Looks like Halloween moved back to its home. I'm better, Bogan. Uh, give me back my pumpkin. See? <laughs> Great job. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, don't start telling me I need to have Narcan in the house. Please. Start talking to the people who are addicted to that stuff and, uh, you know, try to help them out. Give them Narcan. Give it to yourself. You're good at putting yeah, that, drugs in your body. You do it. Regular, you know, every Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, give your stocking stuffer. That's a great idea. Stocking stuffer. That's good thinking, Brady. They should have that on the Christmas in July on the QVC. A little Narcan for your heroin addicted friends. And you hand that out. See, don't put it on my ass. If you start feeling a little dopey, throw one of these in your nostrils. Well, I pass out for my overdose. See, this seems to be a you issue. (laughs) Now, if it's someone I care about and happen to have Narcan nearby, I'm shooting the Narcan in. And when they come to, I'm like, hey, we can't be friends anymore. Because you're a heroin addict, and I don't need that around me. Because the next thing's going to happen, be driving around not knowing, and you got H in your pocket, and get pulled over by the cops, and a simple thing, I find out you got warrants, and we got heroin on it. I'm like, ah, mother hang out with a heroin addict. You want to sell a boatload of Narcan, just start riddling commercials during those Hallmark Christmas movies. All the ladies, you sell so many cans. (laughs) Narcan for your friends. It's a Narcan Christmas. Jesus loves Narcan. <laughs> I remember when I was in that band, when I was uh, Uncle Jesse, when I was in Tony Roma's and college age boys sitting there, and I watched that dude shoot up in his eye. Yeah. Oh my God. In the eyelid, right? Yeah, it was right. And as he pulled it out and he dropped the needle right between his eye and his lower eyelid because he doesn't leave marks. I'm like, what am I looking at and why am I around these people? And I walked away from it. I'm like, I can't be part of this. I remember telling the drummer the next day, I'm like, this is wildly over. I can't be part of that. I watched the dude shoot up in his eye last night. I don't want to be in these situations anymore. It's not something I surround myself with. Cobain bothers the heck out of me. <laughs> I'm out. Right. Now, if I was, if it was Kurt Cobain and we're starting to like, hey, we're making some noise here. 
I gotta, I gotta get through this. This window's gonna close quick. I might have made the run with Kurt for a year or two. You could have been the next Dave Grohl. Nah, you had your own Foo Fighters. Probably not. He's got loads of talent. <laughs> I would have been the next Chris Novoselic, though, and I'd have made all that money and then disappeared. That would have been nice. Anyway, uh, let's get a wake-up song. And if you've got Narcan on you, good for you. But you know what that means. Mother Superior, you're going to be the one handing it out to the weirdos. You're hanging out with weirdos if you need Narcan. Reassess your life and your friends. That's what I say. Uh, get yourself uh, a wake-up song, 585-9800. A good one. We'll start this Thursday off beautifully. Tell you all about Brett's gout and where it's headed next. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 